Welcome back, everybody, to the second class in the weekly Thursday night, Lakute Maharan Shir. Tonight, we're going to be starting the Sefer, Lakute Maharan. Uh, last week, we spoke about an introduction, how the Sefer was written, about Rabbi Nachman's life, a little bit of the history, a little bit of the background. And today, we're going to jump right into the first piece. Uh, the way we're going to do this is because, as I think I mentioned last week, that Rav Tzaddik said you should uh, really learn Lekut Maran like a Tosos. And Rav Nassin writes, and Chaim Aran, he compares Lekut Maran. I tried finding it inside. I couldn't find it. It's an intro. What? It's an intro. Oh, it's in the intro? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's last second, last page. You're writing two places in the intro. Tells you got to keep being mimic in it. Yeah. So he says also, but in, in Chaim Aran, Rav Nassim writes, he says that Lakut Maran is like a palace, the paltron. And he says that you could walk into the palace and you see beautiful lamps and ornate designs and tile work and chandeliers. And then you a, uh, walk into another room and you're like, whoa! And you could get lost down the labyrinth of mazes and the beautiful ornate or rooms in the palace. So it's really the same thing learning the safer. There's so many side roads so much depth to it. There's so many, uh, like if we'd look up every Chazal inside, you'd see how the entire, not just Pasuk, but the entire paragraph, the entire chapter, Perak, is talking about that exact Indian and what he connected to it in his Torah. So every little thing over here could be a side path. We're going to try to stick to the main points. And also, uh, Rabbi Nachman said another thing. He said, you could take my Torahs in any way that you want, providing you don't go against one word of halacha. So that's always comforting, because sometimes you might think, well, I'm learning it wrong. You know, or is this really what he meant? So it's open for interpretation. Certainly we learn it together with Lakuta Halachas, and hopefully if, we, if we're able to get to it tonight, we'll learn a little bit, and I'll talk a little about what Lakuta Halachas is, and how it was written, and who Reb Nassim was, that we touched on last week. But uh, I really just wanted to, again, jump right in. And because it's very complicated... Uh, you see I'm giving a lot of disclaimers over here. Uh, because it's a little complicated, I want to give a little bit of a roadmap of just what we're going to cover tonight and some basics. And then as we really delve into it, we're going to go significantly deeper into it. And I'm really, really, really excited. So the roadmap, just a very, very brief, brief roadmap of uh, what we're going to learn tonight is about... Uh, through learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, a person's able to connect to a deeper wisdom and intelligence that's found in the creation. And this intelligence is represented by Yaakov and Esav. Yaakov is the one who embodies following your wisdom and this deeper intelligence. Uh, and Esav is the one who doesn't recognize that there's a deeper order to creation. There's a deeper design, a deeper force moving behind the creation. This, this will all come clear as we learn and as we explain a little bit. And then uh, I wanted to connect, because I'm really into the Smichas Chaver program, so I want to have a Parsha connection. And really the whole thing's a Parsha connection because it's going to talk about Yaakov and Esav. And I wanted to, as Hanukkah's approaching, I wanted to connect it to Hanukkah. Okay, so we're just, that was my introduction basically jumping right in. So let's start. Every lesson is called Torah, a Torah, right? So we're starting with Torah Aleph. And a, uh, one of the reasons why it's called a Torah is because, as we were talking last week, that everything is like a uh, revelatory, a revelatory. I'm not sure which is the right word, the L or the V. Slightly dyslexic, so mix it up. And a, uh, because of that, so everything's called Sorry, We're just going to jump right in. And we're going to go searching in this beautiful palace that uh, Rabbi Nachman had created. So let's, it starts over here. Aleph, everyone could see on the first page over here. I'm going to hold it up. You guys have the different prints over there, whatever print you have, the Torah Aleph. Okay. So it starts like this. Da. Ki al Torah niskablin kol atfilas v'kol You should know. Now the breast of tradition is, is that when it says any Torah, he starts with the word da. So it's because, I don't know what this means, but this is what they say over. It's because he, it was, it, he was funneling us the Torah. He was channeling us that Torah from the world of Atzilus, from the highest worlds of the four worlds. 
that he brought this tower, this Torah down straight from the world of Atzilus all the way down to us. And I heard Rabbi Rosenfeld's Atzal, who was one of the Breslover tzaddikim of the previous generation, he said in a tape of his, they have lots of his tapes recorded, so he said in a tape of his that obviously, he had a very stern voice, and he would say, obviously if Rabbein Uzal revealed this Torah from Atzilus, that means he went above and beyond that world in order to bring it down to us. So obviously if you're in it, you can't bring it down, but only... Once it's not if you, it's not surrounding you, go above and beyond that world, they're able to bring it down. So this Torah, there are many Torahs that start with Da. And the second reason that I like to say over is because he was Ukrainian, so every time he spoke, he would go, Da! Kitsarich ledun et kol Okay, just joking. So, Da, you should know. Ki al Torah neskablin kol atfilas v'kol kosho sha'an m'vakshim And again, I'm going to read, I'm going to translate, and then I'm going to explain it. Right? Through... Uh, through the Torah, through learning Torah, mm-hmm. all the tefillahs and requests that we ask for, that we daven for, uh, get uh, get accepted. And the 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 grace, and we're going to get more into that word as we uh, go on. And the grace and the importance of Yisrael gets elevated and lifted up in front of anyone who it needs to be lifted up and from. Whether that is in Ruchnius or whether that's in Gashmius. Now in days, due to the sins of the masses, the importance and the chain, the charm, the grace of Yisrael has fallen. Because now in days, the main importance, the main chashivas is Eitzlom, right? So I always think about like, you know, what's important nowadays? What do people think is important, right? Movie stars and sports athletes and baseball players and YouTube stars. And, you know, this is the chain and the chashivas has fallen. So really learning Torah and connecting to Hashem is not so important, right? And that's really like you take the firmest Jew in the world. What do they want to do? They want to be left alone and learn by themselves. They're not interested in even meeting people sometimes, you know? They just want to sit in a corner and learn, you know, and teach Torah. They're not interested in fame or anything like that. Because the, the, as he sayings that the chen and the chashivas of Klai, so the importance of the Jewish people has fallen, and therefore people uh, think other things are important. Okay? And he's going to say that through learning Torah, it lifts up the chen and the chashivas, the importance of Yisrael. Aval al yedei Torah nis'ala hachen v'chashivas shel Yisrael, but through Torah elevates the importance and the grace of Yisrael, ki Torah nikolas ayalas ahavim v'yalas chen, shemalachen alomdeha, v'al yidezeh neskavlan kolet filas v'vakashos. So because why? Now he gives a little drasha over here, and I was saying before that it's like a palace, so I don't want to get lost in all the drushas to lose the message in the some of the details, but the pasuk over here to translate is a pasuk in Mishlei that says Ayeles Ahavim Vayalas Chein, which means a doe that is beloved. I think that's how you say Ayeles Vayalas Chein and a gazelle of Chein, right? So the drasha that the Gemara brings is Shemalas Chein Amlondeha. The Vayalas Chein that it places Chein that the Gemara darshans that through learning Torah it places Chein on the people that learn it. So right away, to explain outside, right away he starts with that, you know, people think wrestlers don't like to learn, you know, they say, that's secondary, you don't have to learn, Hasidim don't learn. Right away, Rabbi Nachman opens up and says, Torah, right? That through learning Torah, it lifts you up, it provides you with a certain grace, a certain chen, a certain elevated consciousness that a... uh, Lift you up now when you come and you ask, you have a request from someone, a, uh, you're able to, your words carry a certain level of chashivas and chen to them, and you're able to get whatever you want. Because why? If you ask someone, let's say you're asking a boss or a coworker or an employee to do something, your words really don't find favor in their eyes, so they might not listen, right? Certainly to Hashem, you might say something, and it might not be the most charming words per se. But through learning Torah, it gives your words those extra oomph. That's extra importance that your, certainly your tefillahs, as he's talking about here, your tefillahs and your bakashas, to Hashem, Hashem, you know, 
what's with this? What's with that? Help me with this. Help me with that. Or Hashem, thank you for this. It's not only help me, thank you. Or just talking like you talk to a friend. And certainly in front of anyone, either Ruchnius or Gashmius, even the individual person, that somehow, and this is going to be, the way Lakutiman works is that he starts with an idea, and now he works the entire Torah. He might take some detours, you know, but he's going to work the entire Torah to get back to this idea how, and we're, we're not even going to get to it the end today, we're just going to do two or three paragraphs, right, about how the, how learning Torah brings out this inner chaim, this, this inner charm. To the, to the Rebarnish alone? What? That's what he's saying? It brings out chaim to it brings out, It seems that he's saying that it brings out to you, to Yisrael, that it gives you a certain level of importance, of charm, which gives you that added oomph, as I like to say. And I think this is very important. Because, you know, like I work with people all day long, like everyone else does, right? So you need your words to be accepted. Right? And you're always wondering, like, how do I get this one to listen to me? Or how do I get them to accept what I say? Right? It's because our words are lacking. We're lacking charm. Right? Maybe rapport might be a nice way. I don't know. But certainly it's lacking. And we're going to come back to this idea of what chen is. It should be said also, because we're starting this, that chen is, stands for chachmas anister, hidden panemius. Right? And when we attach ourselves to the Torah, we attach ourselves to the panemius, the intelligence behind life, Hashem's intelligence, so we attach to that Chachmas Anister, it obviously gives us that extra chain. It's Maila Chain Alamdea. Okay. Now we're going to, a, uh, the next section over here, the next part that we're going to do is really going to be kind of the main tap. I'm just going to connect it back to what we said. I'm trying to be as clear as I could. So, uh, can I, can I add something to go for it. I heard Rabbi Jonathan Sachs say something very similar. We know that the concept that davening, we're talking to Hashem, and learning, Hashem is talking to us. So if we give cover to the learning of Hashem, when Hashem is talking to us, then as Mita connected with Hashem, is going to give a better ear to our davening. Sure. We're talking to him, sure. I think is the same. <coughs> Good. Okay. Now, a. Uh, now we're gonna again. We're gonna jump right back in. Kiisha Yisraeli, and and hopefully this is gonna get. Uh, significantly clearer as we as we learn more. I'm just going to switch to this one over here. The paragraph broken down a little bit different. Okay. Because every Jewish person needs to look at the seichel b'chol davar. Now we're going to we're going to speak a lot about this. Okay. What is the seichel b'chol davar? This intelligence, the intelligence, the wisdom that's found in everything. Okay, and again, I'm going to read, and we're going to come back and explain. And they need to connect themselves to the the chachma uh, and the wisdom that's found in everything. Right. In order this way that they can this seichel, this intelligence that's behind the creation will illuminate them. And then they're able to come close to Hashem through the wisdom that's found in the creation, right? And that is going to illuminate them, illuminate the individual, me and you, back. Ki and again, this is all going to get clear. Ki hu or gadol, because the seichel is a big light. Umeir lo bechod This intelligence, this universal mind, this a uh, Hashem's wisdom is a big light and it illuminates you in all your ways. Like it says, the wisdom of a man uh, illuminates his face. So you see this Chachma, right? Hashem made the entire world with wisdom. That wisdom, this universal mind, this uh, hidden intelligence that's in the creation, the Hashem right? It's this big light, like it says, the Light, the chachma of a person illuminates his face. So you see that chachma and light go together. Vezebachinas Yaakov. Ki Yaakov shehu And this is the aspect of Yaakov. There's our Parsha connection. Right? Because Yaakov merited to have the Bechor, the firstborn, which is considered the first, the beginning. Shehu Bechinas Chachma, which is Chachma. He's going to show. How racious and chachma and light and seichel, they're all really the same thing, which is Yaakov Avinu. 
right? Shehu bechinas chachma, k'moshe kasev reishis chachma, like it says, the first thing is chachma, which is like the bechor, which is the first thing. V'zeh bechinas v'yakiveni zeh pa'amai. And this is what it says, Esav says, Trats, my brother, you tricked me twice. V'yakiveni, you tricked me, right? Yaakov, v'yakiveni, you tricked me. V'targum unkelus v'chakmani, right? You outsmarted me. Right? So you see already, we're making the connection that Yaakov Avinu, Yakiveni, drats, I was tricked by my own brother. Right? You see that Yakiveni means outsmarted. I was, he one-upped me. He outsmarted me. So you see, Yaakov is synonymous with the Seich of this intelligence, and with outsmarting, with this, uh, uh, this wisdom, finding the intelligence uh, behind creation. Right? And this is like the Shemesh. And this is like the sun. Why? Because this uh, wisdom lights, illuminates a person in all their ways. And this is what the Sadiqim did. And this is like the Sadiqim say that the light got increasingly greater until the end of the day. And I'm going to explain all this, guys. Uh, and this is like the letter Ches. Because Ches represents life, a life force. Because the Chachma and the Seichel, the wisdom and this inner intelligence, Hashem's divine mind, right, is the life force behind everything. Right, like it says that the Chachma brings life. So you see Chachma and Chias and Ches and Shemesh, like a jigsaw puzzle putting, to, putting together all the pieces. Right, and Yaakov all mean, all mean really from the same thing. So I just want to explain outside what this means. And this is really, this is really amazing. And I want to try to bring it down all the way to us. So there's this intelligence behind life that a, uh, Yaakov is synonymous Right, this intelligence it illuminates a person in every place that they go, which means that Hashem sends a person insights in order to guide them through life. That Hashem, because Hashem's wisdom and Hashem's mind mind is found permeates the creation. There's a deeper order to the creation. There's this universal intelligence, Hashem's universal intelligence that's planted in the creation. So Hashem sends us insights in order to guide us and make it through life. And this is Yaakov. This is exactly how Yaakov was able to make it through life, right? Because Yaakov is v'yakiveni utichakmeni. Yaakov followed his insights, his wisdom. He was outsmarted. He outsmarted his brother by following his insights that came from this intelligence that's behind creation. So Yaakov, not only did Yaakov a... Uh, ya- not only did Yaakov follow his intelligence and rely on the insights that Hashem gave him from moment to moment, but Yaakov himself, his name means outsmarted, means wisdom itself. So not only did he rely on this universal, the Seicha B'chol in order to receive intelligence, but Yaakov himself, again, embodied the intelligence. And this is what it means that Yaakov was the B'chor. <coughs> Yaakov was the B'chor means that the Reish Yitzchachma, Yeres Hashem, the firstborn, is the B'chor. Is the, uh, is the, represents this idea of Reishis, is the first thing of creation. Sof ma'aseh machshavat chila. It was the first thought of Hashem, right? So Yaakov represents, or Yaakov embodies, Yaakov is the one who actually relied on his insights in order to guide him through life. It's interesting. From all the three elbows in the Torah, only Yaakov talked about the spotted, what he did with the, he used Chachma. Yeah. To get over on, it's the only one that describes, you know? Yeah, well, we're going to see. I was going to talk about this. I mean, I'll, I'll say it now, but I really want to flesh out this idea more and really talk about exactly what it means. But there's always a question that everyone's bothered by, right? Uh, I'll say it now because you're, you're bringing it up. But there's a question that was about it. Yaakov represents truth, MS, right? And he was tricking everyone left, right, and sideways. His whole life was one big trick. Right? He's tricking his father, he's tricking Esau, then he goes to Lava, and then he gets tricked, and there's all these <coughs> wheeling and dealings that are happening with Yaakov. So how is it that Yaakov represents, he's the Ishtam Yoshev Olam? How does that work? So uh, we're going to come back to this, and it's going to be clear as we, as we learn more, as we see further today, 
But basically the idea here is that the Tamimus is that Yaakov followed his insights to guide him through life. Which means Hashem sends every single person, me and you and everyone, thoughts that come from this intelligence behind life. Hashem sends us insights that we're supposed to use in order to guide us for life, providing we're not always open, but providing we're open to it. And that's going to get clear as we learn more. right? And because of that, that's the Tamimus of Yaakov Avinu. The Tamimus of Yaakov Avinu was that he was taking life moment to moment to moment to moment, waiting for the insights and using the insights that come straight from Hashem in order to guide him through life. Because he was the one who was able to attach himself to the Seichel B'choldavar. He was the one that was able to connect. He understood that there was this intelligence behind life giving us insights. Right? And every step of the way, Yaakov would get an insight. So that's Emes. He was able to follow the truth even when the truth told him, do a little bit like this, do a little bit like that. Right? Because he understood this idea that Rabbi Nachman is explaining that there's a mind, there's a universal mind I don't want to make it just sound like there's a universal mind devoid of God. It's Hashem's intelligence. It's Hashem's mind. He embedded in the creation mm-hmm. that He gives every single one of us insights. He gives every single one of us new thoughts. He gives every single one of us a direct guidance in how to deal with life. And those thoughts could be as simple as, where did I leave my wallet? That's where I left it. I got it. Boom. That's the seichel b'chol, that's the intelligence behind life. And they can be even bigger. Oh, that's why I do that. Or that's why they do that. Right? Oh, this is what I need to do for the next little bit of my life. And that's exactly what Rabbi Nachman says, that it's meyer lo b'chol d'rachav. It illuminates your path in every single way. Right? As I've said this many, many times, that if you needed a drive from here till Muncie in the middle of the, light, in the middle of the night, all you would need is a car with headlights that show you 100 feet, in the fe- 100 feet ahead of you. And every hundred feet you'll go. Because when you follow the Or of Hashem, when you follow the light of God, when you understand that there's a Seichel B'choldavar, that there's a deeper order, a deeper wisdom behind the creation, that Hashem's wisdom, not only He created the world and there's wisdom in everything, but that wisdom is running through you. That wisdom is, that wisdom is running through your mind. So now it's Meir Lo B'choldarachav. Now it becomes your guiding light, so to speak, in order to make life decisions follow the truth of what Hashem wants from you, and plow forward in life. I want to take a, a, a little detour over here. In a, uh, I'm just going to read briefly where this becomes clear, where Rabbi Nachman says this outright. Uh, in Torah Lamed Dalid, in the first Chelek, uh, Os Beis, uh, you don't have to find them, I'm just going to, if you want, you could. Os Beis, I'm just jumping in the middle of the paragraph over here. So you see every Torah... There's letters within the Torah. Rabbi Nassim added those letters in order to make it more palatable to the person. So they could look at it and they could say, oh, uh, Bays, oh, oh, it's not so much, right? So it just makes it easier as the onlooker to say Bays." And they, uh, psychologically, when you look at so much, you're like, oh, I can't do it. You're like, I'll just do the letter, you know? And as Rabbi Nachman said, a little bit is also good. You know, the little bit is also good. But in the middle of the paragraph here, in my copy, I have a different copy than you. Uh, the first word line is Bezeha Olam. So it's in Nundalid letter Bez. Uh, I'm just going to start with And every day a person has thought, speech, and action. That Hashem constricts his divinity from the Ain Sof. Right where there's no end to ad nekudas hamerka shel olam hagashmi shel until the point that we you find yourself standing in right now. Ooh, these are the key words over here. Umazmin lo, and he prepares for you lechol adam every individual machshava dibor umaisa lefi hayom ulefi haadam ulefi hamakom. Hashem sends you thoughts, Hashem sends you speech, and Hashem sends you actions. You're like oh. The right, I found the right words, right? It just came to me, right? I got the right words. I was able to talk to, oh, I didn't know what I was going to say, and I was able to respond. We all had that, right? Oh, I had an insight into life, right? So Hashem, at every day, sends us uh, every single individual, right, words, but we're going to learn, as Rabbi Nachman's going to explain later on in the Torah that we're learning, Torah Aleph, that you need to be open to that. You need to be open to that flow. Like Yaakov Vinu, he didn't have any uh, gaiva, no ego, you know. So if it was choosing his mind over Hashem's mind, 
he's going to go with Hashem's mind, right? Uh, just to finish, right? So Hashem sends you these things in thoughts, speech, and actions, and sends you hints in order to come close to Him every single day. Okay? Pretty amazing. This is amazing, right? This is like, this is crazy. This is like earth-shattering over here. That Hashem sends us insights to God through life. It's very different than the way we're used to looking at life because we're used to looking at life like I'll read what to do, I'll get advice, and those are all good things, you know, but if you're just following a manual, as I always say, like everything in life comes with a manual except how to do life, right? So there is a, a guidebook for life, and that's the insights that Hashem sends. That's exactly how Yaakov Avinu made it through life. Okay? Uh, and to a, uh, speak about this a little more, to bring it down more. So uh, there's a story I once heard. It's more of a psychological story, but it's spiritual also. There's a story that I once heard that there was a truck that was driving on a bridge, and, he, a, uh, and the truck hit the top of the bridge. It didn't fit, right? It was too tall for the bridge, and it got stuck, right, in the overpass. And they, uh, they had all these experts trying to figure out what to do. This, that, they couldn't get the truck out from the bridge, so... There was, a, a, uh, there was a little boy who walked by with his mom. He's like, Mommy, why don't they just let the air out of the tires? Right? And that's actually what they do. They let the air out of the tires. They take it out. So this intelligence, it's important to say, like, it's not, the same Bukhodavar is not tied to acumen. It's not tied to how smart you are. It's not tied to a, uh, you know, there's two different types of intelligences, like, if you live a long life, you'll have a certain experience in life because you're older. You live a certain, you have certain life experience and you have that type of wisdom, that type of smarts, that type of know-how. But there's a wisdom that's even before that. There's the Seychelles, that even a 10-year-old boy can have an insight that's bigger than an adult, right? Because they're tapping into the raw intelligence of life itself that's sending them thoughts, right? So this intelligence, it's before the fact of creation. It's not an intelligence that comes after the fact, after you've lived, after you've done things, after you've a, uh, had your certain life experience. And there's a certain wisdom in that also. But the intelligence that we're talking about here is an intelligence that's before the fact of creation. So I was speaking about this with a friend of mine, maybe some of you know him, Yirmi, uh, Reb Yirmi Ginsburg. And uh, I was talking this out with him, and he gave me a really good muscle. So this is his muscle. He said that a, uh, I was talking about how we're all surrounded by this Hashem's mind, the Seich Wuchodavar. So he said a great mashri. He said, let's say you filled a bowl with water, right? And you took a cup right side up, you didn't turn it upside down, and you put it in the water, and all the water leaked into the, cap, leaked into the cup and was full. So the cup, the top of the cup was flush with the water in the bowl. So he said, where that cup? Which means Hashem fills us, means obviously Hashem's mind is way bigger than our mind, right? Obviously Hashem's or is Ein Sof. But we're surrounded by the water. We're that cup that's surrounded by the water that filters in Hashem's intelligence to us. That's the Chachma that we're surrounded by. So the, if you would put it in relation to Keser versus Chachma, which he's talking about here, Keser is the war. Keser would be Hashem's infinite Ein Sof light that is around the cup. But the Chachma is us and the cup that's filled with water. And that's the universal intelligence. That's this Hashem's intelligence uh, that He's giving us. Okay, we'll go weiter. Pretty amazing, right? This is, this is, this is great. This is great. A, uh, so we'll go a little weiter. Oh, oh yeah, and one, one last point on this. This is an important point also. A little bit of notes over here. One last point over here is that a uh, so the fact the fact of the matter is that we all we all receive insights to Hashem to guide us through life, and we're going to see how Esav was bezos b'chor. He didn't believe in any intelligence, right? My it starts, stops, and ends in my mind, right? So the a uh, I think just how do we cultivate this for ourselves a little bit more practically is one is to recognize that there is intelligence behind life. Just that understanding alone, da, you should know. Right? That's how he starts with. Just the understanding alone, knowing that, will be two, is that understanding that we're connected to that intelligence, right? We're actually gleaned from that intelligence. And obviously what 
flows out from that. If you know that there's a wisdom behind life that's guiding you, and you know that you receive, you're a part of that wisdom, and you receive insights, Hashem sends you insights custom-made into how to guide your life. So the natural progression is like Yaakovinu, to follow those, to follow our wisdom, to follow those insights in order to be meir lo v'chod rachav, that's why Yaakov's name is Yaakiveni, right? Is Utechachmeni. He made smart of that. To follow, our wins- to follow the wisdom that Hashem gives us in order to a, uh, guide us through life. Okay? Read a little more. So what so, yeah, so, you know, I always say that, you know, you want to filter it a little bit through your own mind. Like someone was telling me recently that, the, and there's hundreds of examples like this. I was talking to my wife about this recently, that she was reading a certain thing in a, uh, in a book that she liked. And uh, there, was three, there was three points of advice in the book. And they, uh, uh, she tried following all three of them, right? And she really likes this book and whatever, right? And they... Uh, so there's three points of it, main points of advice in the book. So she's trying to follow all three of them. And we were talking last night, and she's like, the third piece didn't work out. She's like, I was trying really, really hard. It was an experiment to see if it worked out. I'm like, you could have just not done it a while ago. Like, I saw it wasn't working out, you know? And they, uh, the point is, is that, yeah, other people might have good ideas, you know? But, you know, you need to follow your own guidance. If it's not right for you, just because it says it in the book, doesn't mean it's what you're supposed to be doing even if the person's an expert, right? And so many times we take on other people's ideas and we convince themselves that they're, that they're ours, right? But that's not really the idea here. The, the idea here is, is that to understand that life itself is flowing through us and illuminating us, you know, giving us thoughts and insights and guiding us through life. And that's exactly how Yaakov Avinu went through life. He went through life connecting to this intelligence behind life in order to... a. Uh, in order to guide him. That's the chiyas, that's the ches, right? The ches that we mentioned over here is because there's a lot of uh, life that comes with it. There's a lot of energy that a person receives, right? And he says this was the way of all the tzaddikim that they would follow this light as it will illuminate little by little by little as the day goes on. That the tzaddikim, they're not trying to follow other people's advice, they're looking for Hashem's advice, right? It's not personal, it's not my personal mind, right? It's Hashem's mind. And we're gonna learn how you have to open yourself up to that. He's gonna contrast now uh, the ches with the nun. And that's going to be the word chen. Right? So the ches represents this or, this light. And we're going to see how the nun represents the moon. Right? That the moon has no light of its own. The last Megar Meklum has nothing of its own. That's the mida of a king, Malchus. Right? A melech. Hey, melech below am. It's a direct reflection of the nation itself. And we're going to see how uh, ya, how Esav he was like, not into this whole thing over here, you know? And they, uh, okay. Ach, machmas, uh, ach, everyone see that? Ach, ach, machmas, mechamas, sheor asecho gadom ha'od. Since the light of this wisdom, Hashem's wisdom is so great, the only way you could merit to this flow is through making nun, making yourself like a nun, which is malchus, which is the kingship. And he's going to explain. Right? It says, before the sun, yinun was his name. Right? So, Perish Rashi Sham. I didn't get a chance to look up that Pasuk. I wanted to. But Rashi says over there, yinun is a lashon malchus. So, you see, nun means malchus. Uh, and interesting, every, this is a side point, but every a, uh, Hebrew letter has an English counterpart to it. So, Bez uh, stands for bias, and how do you make a bias? You build it. It starts with a Bez, B, build, right? A uh, Gimel is to be Gomel, means to give, starts with a Gimel, right? A Dalid, what does a, uh, a Deles mean? A Deles means a door, starts with, what's a Dal? destitute, a poor person, starts with a D, right? A uh, nun, skipping to nun, right? Nun, it stands for nothing in English, right? That's why it, it represents over here, as you explain the letter nun, means malchus, it has no light of its own, it has nothing, right? It's like the moon, it has nothing of its own. That's why the nun, uh, there's a nun kfuf and a nun pshuta, 
nun kfufa is actually a person in a prayer stance. I'll demonstrate the prayer stance. But if you look at the nun, it's, it's supposed to be a person humbling themselves, subjugating themselves like this, right? Which is a prayer stance to, that they're subjugating themselves. They're like nothing uh, in front of Hashem. So nun, nun, the dreidel, nun uh, represents humbling yourself in front of Hashem. Uh, so that's like the moon. Right? Because the moon has no light of its own, only what it receives from the sun. And this is the meat of a king, that it has no light of their own. Right? That the... Sorry, got lost over there. That the Malchus has no light of its own, only what it receives from the Ches, the letter Ches, which is synonymous with wisdom, which is like the sun, the Nasa or Halavonic or Alchama. And then the moon, now when it, you make yourself like the Nun, so you empty yourself out on your, your direct reflection of the sun. Right? So we find this by David Amelech, that David Amelech, he was, his name shows this idea of Malchus, that. Da- David is Dalid Vav. Dalid. Dalid means you empty yourself out, you make yourself like nothing. Right? Vav means you connect the, you you make your, you connect yourself with Hashem. Vav is the Osachibor end, right? And then Dalid again, then you're really Dal. Then you're truly impoverished because you have no light of your own and you just have the Shefa Eloki, the Shefa of Hashem's light shining through you. And that's the Mida of a king is Ain uh Mida of Malchus, as we're saying, the Lais Megar Meklum has no light at all. And that's exactly why we say, David Melech Yisrael Chayvekayam. That Dafka David was the king of Yisrael because his name was Dalid Vav Dalid. This person who totally divested himself of ego and anything like that and was totally open to the Chef of Hashem. So he was the true king of Yisrael like the moon. He only reflected Hashem, which would be like the sun. Another relationship where we see that is like Moshe. 14, because he was the 14th letter of the Alphabet. Oh, very good. Beautiful. Very nice. Also, they talk about David was the 14th generation, I think, from Avraham, and the moon was full by the completion of the Beis Hamikdash, was the 15th, which was by Shlomo Amelech. They talk about all these things. Check out my Nach Daily Sheer on SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button. Push that like. I'm just joking, right? And a, uh, anyway, so you see this. That once you make yourself like the nun, so then you are able to receive from the sun. Right? The Gemara says, that Yoshua was the direct reflection of Moshe Rabbeinu. He was like the moon. Because we say that it should be like the Ur should go back to when it was at its glory, which was which was when David was the Melech. When David was the Melech. So just like a moon wanes and then goes all the way back up again so that's what I want to it's beautiful beautiful it's coming through you it's coming you're going to have to change your name to Yaakov a uh, aval aval but a person <coughs> who doesn't connect themselves to this intelligence and the life and the life of life itself this is like Esav who said, I don't want the Bukhor. Like it says, Esav denigrated uh, the Bukhora, the birthright. That means, what's the Bukhora? Like we said, right? We said, Reishis Chachma is the Bukhora, right? That's the intelligence behind life. That a fool doesn't want insight and wisdom. He only wants whatever is in his heart. And what we're ending with, it's going to get clearer also in the next week because these ideas obviously carry through. Right? And Esav represents this idea of kingship gone wrong, the evil kingship, the malchus harsha'a, right? A distortion of Hashem's kingship. And a, uh, he, he uh, was Biza Esabachora. So, again, outside, what, is this, a, uh, what does this really mean? Right? That Esav said there's no intelligence. Right? Yaakov said there's an intelligence. That's the Bachora. I was made smarter. I'm going to use this guy, intelligence as a guiding light 
to get me through life and I'm going to follow my wisdom and insights in order to see that Hashem is in every aspect of my life, sending me thoughts, sending me machshavas, sending me uh, words to say, and I'm going to use that as a son to be my guiding light in order to make it through life. But Esav, he said, nah, he was bizas v'chorah. He said, start, stops, and ends in my mind, buddy. There is no intelligence behind life. Nothing, man. I'm going to do what I want to do. And it's, it's what I think of, that's what it is, right? Rav Nassim is a masbir a little bit. I'm not going to read this inside, but Rav Nassim explains a little bit that Esav wanted the Bukhor, he wanted part of the bracha. He didn't realize that Yaakov would get, when he sold the birthright, he didn't realize that Yaakov would get the spiritual bracha and the Gashmi bracha. Right? So Rav Nassim explains that, that, of course, if you get the spiritual bracha, you also get the Gashmi bracha. And that's what Esav was so upset about. Esav said, oh, there's no intelligence behind life, right? You're going to think that there's divine order. We don't use our insights to follow us through life. That's crazy, right? But uh, So he was totally closed off. He was a Malchus Harsha. He wasn't like the Nun to receive from the Ches. He did not have the Chen. Ches and Nun together, Chen, that we started with. Right? Then a person, when they, they attach themselves to the Torah... Right, which is what we started with, the Seichel B'chol Davar, the intelligence, Hashem's mind, right? Araisa, Vekla Yisrael, Vekutshabrichu Chadu. It's all one, right? Then when you attach yourself to the Torah, which is Hashem's mind, that lifts you up. Why? Because now it brings you to a higher state of consciousness and because now you're aware that everything you're receiving is flowing through you, right? It's coming to you. It's coming to you. So instead of me worrying about the future or worrying about the past, I can make life decisions like Yaakov Avinu moment to moment to moment to moment in order to guide me through life. Right? Uh, this is amazing. And they, uh, to make the a uh, Parsha connection, to make a Hanukkah connection over here, you know, we all, I mean, I'll say before the Hanukkah connection, you know, we all, a, uh, you know, this happens to every single one of us, you know, like I remember always learning, you know, God helps those who help themselves, you know, like, so what happens, a person has a good tefillah, they empty the, and there's, partly you have to do a shtavos, I'm not saying, you know, don't misquote me, but a, uh, you know, God helps those who help themselves, so what happens is, is that, you know, a person has a good prayer, and they dive into Hashem, they have a good tefillah, and they feel like, oh, good, and then they go, okay, now that that's over, I got to start thinking about my problems again. I got to figure this out, right? It means you're using your own intelligence to solve the problems in your life. So he says, Shem, please help me. Okay, back to my problems, right? And you start trying to figure it out, right? But the whole avoda of Yaakovinu, our whole avoda to find the Seychelbuchodavar is understanding that you don't have to use your own mind to figure everything out. That Hashem, if you loosen up a little bit or if you just understand the fact that Hashem sends us insights in order to guide us through life, you have access to a greater power that you could harness that's way beyond yourself. And this was the battle of Yaakov versus Esav. Right? Esav was Bezos Bechor. He said, uh-uh-uh. i got to figure out my own life's issues by myself. Right? And Yaakov said, uh-uh-uh. We're connected to a greater source. Right? So it's very, very different than the way we're used to thinking about things. And this is what we find that a uh, Yaakov, we saw all different things about Yaakov. He was such an amazing character. But we see that Yaakov in this week's Parsha, Parsha Connection, right? A, uh, he wrestles with the angel. Yaakov wrestling, he was Ishtav Yoshev Olam. He was sitting and learning and steiging and all these things. And now he's like, oh, I got to go back. Why did he go back even for the Pachim Katanim? Who cared about them? Because he had an insight. Let me go back and get the Pachim Katanim, these little things that I left on the other side of the river, right? So he went back, had an insight, a, a, a peculiar one, right? Hashem said, okay, he's got to go back. Okay, yeah, I got to go back. And then he finds himself wrestling with the Sarsha Lesa, like it's the last thing Yaakov ever thought that he'd have to do in life. But yet, what does he do? Okay, I'm going to take it moment by moment. Hashem sends me insights, and I'm going to wrestle with Esau, and I'm going to win. Right? I'm going to win. Not only that, in the end, what does he do? He forces the angel to bless him. So he takes the Koach Ra, the Sarsha Lesa, and he's Mahapich the Ra into Tov, 
right? And he forces a bracha out of it, which is a credible thing. It's a little bit of a different topic, how he was able to do that exactly. But maybe you could say that this was the Seichel B'chodavar, that he takes the Sar Shalesev and he brings out the wisdom, even in Sar Shalesev, in order to get a bracha from him, because he understood that there's intelligence behind everything, and this Sar Shalesev is not separate from Hashem. It's part of Hashem's intelligence. If so, I could get a bracha from even the Ra. I could get a bracha. That no matter where you find yourself in life, struggling, no matter where you are, like Yaakov Avinu, right? As I saw in the Mori Nine once, right? Yaakov, it was named after the name Bakia. Kitamid Bakias or that every place he went, there was like a, uh, he was being Mylan at Sotos, he was bringing Hashem's light to that place by finding the intelligence of Hashem's creation. So Yaakov struggled a tremendous amount, but yet he understood the Chizuk, Shabbat, that there's an intelligence here and I could come close to Hashem here. I just need to remain open to the possibility that I can. And that's making yourself like the Nun, humbling yourself to receive that flow from the Ches, from the Sun. And now for the Hanukkah connection, so I think this connects to Hanukkah in more than one way, but in two ways, is that a, uh, this is the Indian of the menorah lighting. That the way I kind of imagine it in my mind is like the menorah, it shouldn't, light, shouldn't have lived for that long. I know the Beishos Kasha should have, should have, right? Classic question. But the point is that a miracle happened, right? In a closed system, that would be impossible. If there was no intelligence behind creation, if there was no seich b'chodavar, it would be impossible for a miracle to actually happen. It would be impossible. Closed system. There's no intelligence here. Sorry, man, you only got one for a day, enough for a day. That's only a day, right? But Klai Yisrael at that time understood, knew that there's a deeper order to creation, that there is Hashem's mind that we have access to. It's not just something far out, that we're actually a part of ourselves. So because of that, they lit the candle and they lit. So I, I kind of envision in my mind this vision of the, the oil drawing from Hashem's energy, so to speak, and lighting for longer, as it's actually drawing from the Seichel itself, and it's lighting even longer uh, than it's supposed to be. And that's how a miracle happens. And I think the second way that this connects to Hanukkah is that uh, this is also the battle between the Greeks versus the Jews. Right? Chachmas Yavon. Start, stops, and ends in my mind. That the Greeks held their intelligence supreme that there's no divine in our minds, what we think it must be. Right? And because they held that, they waged war on the Chachma Satorah, right? on the Panimia Satorah specifically, right? on the intelligence of Torah, the Chachma Sanister, the Chain of Torah, the grace of Torah, to say that uh-uh, there's no Chain in creation, there's no Chachma Sanister, there's no Seichel right? But the Jews, Am Yisrael, reign supreme, and we understand that... Uh, that's not how it works, because when you learn Torah, you're connecting to Hashem's mind. And if you connect to Hashem's mind, then anything's possible. Anything's possible. So because they understand even, uh, and to bring out the chizuk over here, like we were saying before, is that the Jews were in a very, very dark place, and there was waged war on the Chachmas Hanister, this intelligence, the hidden wisdom behind life itself. And because the, the Greeks held, no, 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 there is no, there's nothing. It's, it's, if I think it, it must be true, right? We have all those situations, right? Because I thought it must never second guess our thinking about a situation or we'll never, right? But if, once you start understanding that Hashem's running through you, so then a, uh, you're open for all different sorts of possibilities to take life as the cards fall, like a Yaakov Avinu. And therefore, no matter where we find ourselves in life, no matter what we're up against, no matter how bleak, it might seem we have the ability to connect with Hashem. And I'm getting a story He's coming to me now, so I'm going to share it. This past week, we have a few minutes. So this past week, an amazing thing happened. So I, have an, I, I give a Nach daily shir. Many of you know, Baruch Hashem, I have a 2,500 subscribers to the shir. It's mainly on email. And it's a parak in Navi in three minutes or less, five minutes or less. We're done with Naviim. We're at the end of Ksuvim already. It's over 700 classes. And a, uh, I, I don't know who gets it. I have no clue. So the main way people get is through email. And I have two WhatsApp groups that someone sends it out for me, you know. And I don't know really anyone other than if you tell me you're signed to it, so then I know. But I don't, you know, I'm like in my basement, like, uh, you know, hey, guys, what's up, everybody? You know, so they, a, uh, so I got a, I sent out the, the shear, last week's shear. I posted on the on a WhatsApp group, one of my Nach Daily WhatsApp groups. And a woman uh, writes back, Hi, thank you for this class, but I can't, do you have it in text? I can't listen to it if it's an hour. I can only do 10 minutes or less. 
So I'm like, really? What's going on? She goes, I don't know if you know where I'm from. Look at my number. So it says uh, plus six, oh my, I don't know, country codes, you know? So I quickly type it in. She's from Malaysia. The woman's from Malaysia, right? And apparently you're not allowed to be Yeshurin, which is code word for Judaism in Malaysia. And you're not allowed to have text. You're not really allowed to listen to Judaism, Jewish classes. But yet somehow I know some of the Meshpiyim that she's in touch with. I don't want to say publicly I was told. She told me, don't post my picture anywhere. But point is, is that this is an amazing thing that she's, she said they're so harsh on, on Jews, she can't even say the word Jews. She, has to, she writes a J and T for Torah, not because she said they'll find out even on her WhatsApp messages. And she converted some years ago and she believes very strongly in Judaism. And she sent me pictures. I mean, you couldn't believe in Malaysia. I don't know what goes on in Malaysia. No idea, you know. And I was thinking that this is really an amazing thing. This is really an amazing thing. She was Maguire and secret and actually know the rabbis she was in touch with because they were because it was Breslov. She was interested in it, and she knows other Breslov Meshpiyim and whatever it is. And they, uh, I was shocked. I was like, "Holy cow!" You know, Malaysia, the darkest of places. Malaysia. You don't know this. Apparently, it's against the law to learn Torah in Malaysia. And don't quote me on that, but allegedly, that's that's what it is. You know, but the Seichel it, it, it links up because the Seichel Hodavar is found even in Malaysia. Even Malaysia, Hashem's intelligence is found there that she can connect to Hashem, see Hashem's light through Torah Kulam B'chach Masisa, find the wisdom in creation that even in the darkest places where you're, it's us to learn Torah and they're monitoring the WhatsApp that she can't write certain words to me. She has to speak in code to me that I have to guess what she's saying, she's like, oh, please don't respond back to this and ask any names. She's like, writing all these things, you know? I was like, what's going on here, you know? Felt like I was in a 007 movie. Ding, 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 ding. Right? And the point being is that, that she was able to connect to the Seichel B'choldover. This, uh, it's, it's very touching, you know? She was able to connect to this thing and stay strong. And she's looking. She told me she gets a Rabbi Sachs class for six minutes and another daily thing. And she's very limited. Actually, it's a few random books like a Ramchal Sefer and an English Breslov Sefer and another book. You know, very random. But point is, Chizik Shabbat is that, again, no matter where you find yourself in life, no place is devoid of Hashem's intelligence. And you can connect to Hashem's intelligence. Not only connect it, it's there like the cup in the water. And you can use that as your guiding light just like Yaakov Avina. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.